Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast. I am one of your hosts, the grizzled, yet really handsome, Jumpy. And I'm joined by my loose cannon rookie cop. Rip, and that's right, I don't play by the rules. He's my new partner. Today we are adventuring into the true crime genre, but don't worry, it's still kind of horror. Because we're talking (laughs) about True Detective's Night Country, otherwise known as Season 4. But I'm going to call it True Detective's Night Country because I'm ignoring Seasons 1 through 3 for the entirety of this show. Yes, because usually, well not usually, the first three seasons were done by, I want to say, Nick? Yeah, Nick, like we know him. Nick, well, I'm going to screw up this last name, so I apologize, Nick. Nick Pizzolato. It had been less rude just to say Nick the whole time. Yeah, and then uh, this one, this season, is done by... Somebody. Issa Lopez. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to butcher these names, but... You couldn't handle Issa Lopez? I couldn't handle Issa Lopez. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I was going to say Issa, and I would have been slapped across the face. Issa Lopez. <laughs> uh, but Man, yes. what an episode of television. Yes, True Detective Season 4, or True Detective Night Country, episode titled Part 1. I don't even need an episode title. This is how, and this is our non-spoiler review right now for five seconds it was good watch it do you agree jumpy welcome back yeah oh my god they're back and it was really good (laughs) okay cool now i waited five seconds preemptively (laughs) because i thought that's what we were prompt but we're all on the same page now it was i love that it took place I love that it took place during the two-week period that it's nighttime in Alaska. Yes. That's such a scary setting. That's how we start. That's how we start. It's like the sun is setting. It's not going to rise for two weeks. Crazy yeah. that people live like that. <laughs> in the dead cold. Yeah. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Everybody expects us to talk about the juxtaposition between season one and season four, how it was in the hot um, area of like Louisiana, and now we're here in the cold area, Alaska. I know you're thinking that we're going to talk about that. But we're not, because there's because a lot more we, to talk about. Because we watched season one a long time ago, <laughs> barely remember, even though it was really good. <laughs> Other low hanging fruit that people could talk about is the comparisons between this and the thing. Oh yeah, because like that, obviously, this is supposed to evoke some feelings of the thing, the scientists and all that disappearing or you know getting picked off in their little mm. laboratory in the snow. Mm. That's going to make you think of the thing. Also, the unknown origins of the monster or whatever it was that hurt them. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that monster. <laughs> I have thoughts on two different perspectives. That could be going on this show. But before I talk about them, the Let's go straight to the ending. Let's go straight to the ending. Let's do back it. Back to the middle. <laughs> then to the <laughs> beginning and then back to the ending again. 
I want to talk about the characters that they introduced here because I was mm-hmm. captivated by all of them. And then I want to talk about some of the major mysteries we got. Yeah. Like who the tongue like where that tongue was for six years, or <laughs> what the hell's going on with the polar bear, or anything. Like who how are these cases connected? It's it's all crazy. When is the mail order Russian bride arriving? I don't know. I don't know. They probably Soon. said it. By Christmas. Before Christmas. Yeah. That's why everyone's having Christmas this year. <laughs> so yeah, the characters they introduced. Liz Danvers, Jodie Foster's character. And her daughter. Um, what's her daughter's name? Uh not uh, I think Leah. Leah? Okay. Liz Danvers, and then I'm going to assume Leah Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> they were a compelling, like, family unit to watch because there's, we're still kind of unraveling it, but I think it's implied that a car accident kind of took Leah's, Leah's parents and also maybe Liz Danvers, like, daughter or son or something. Kid? Yeah. Something, something spooky, spooked because when, when Leah, Leah gets picked up, she got into some trouble, um, and Chief Danvers had to be the one to pick her up. And when they're driving, when when, when Liz was just chewing out Leah, they saw a car accident and they were both spooked, and by this drunk, asshole lady, <laughs> I hate her so much. <laughs> I think you're but, supposed to pity her, and the actress does a good job, but it's like, just don't fucking drive like that, damn it. Nah, I, I think the idea is, like, she, it's very real, because she plays, she she starts with the victim, mm-hmm. right, as the victim, but then when she doesn't get her way of, like, getting freed, she uh she just starts throwing a tantrum, starts screaming in the, in the cell that she is in. Do you think that this lady, this drunk lady, is going to have anything to do with the death of their family members? No. No. You know who I think is responsible for the death of their family members in that car accident? Who? That fucking polar bear. Oh, shit. I think it was the polar bear, and that's how it got injured. Well... Leah specifically talks about drunk driving. It was that damn bear behind the wheel. (laughs) Hiddens. Polar bear. He wasn't drinking Coke, everybody. That's for sure. I think that maybe, well, maybe like Leah's family, like maybe her her parents were the ones drunk driving with Liz Danvers' kid in the car and they got sidetracked because there was a polar bear in the road it the way i see liz I, I feel like that polar bear needs to come back somehow and that's kind of how i'm envisioning it coming back like i don't know why it's injured but i feel like that's the only thing i've heard of that it could get injured with short maybe. of being shot in the eye <laughs> maybe yeah maybe danvers just took out her gun and shot the polar bear in the eye and was like go fuck yourself how you dare know? you make them swerve I don't care if they were drunk. <laughs> but um, I don't know if Leah was like, can we talk about the drunk driving incident? Or she was like, um, hinting that her parents or whoever's, be- whatever parental figure was behind the wheel was drunk. 
Maybe they got hit by a drunk person. We don't know. But the I incident do... in general, they don't seem to talk about. Like when they both lost fan. Yeah. Because Danvers is a hard shell to crack. If yeah. it's not important, no, She's no reason to talk. True detective. <laughs> She's a. There's no reason to talk about it if it doesn't has no significance. You know what I mean? So she's cool. I like how she's <laughs> using her her mom skills on the job. Yeah. Where, um, she deduced the amount of time that the lab people have been missing based on the congealment of the mayo on a yeah. sandwich. And this is where we get introduced to uh, Hank and Preter Pryor. Hank. Peter Pryor. That sounds yeah. like a like a comic book star, like a comic book <laughs> protagonist. Yeah. Peter Pryor with the he abilities. With mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it? Because Pryor, Pyro. Anyway. Kind of Pietro. Mm. It's so, just Peter, but cool. Fancy. Yeah. Um, I feel like Hank comes off as aloof, just very, like, I don't give a shit. I think he's sinister. I think there's more to him because you get a lot of cop shows where you get this type of characters but something got them there you know and I think we're gonna find out that something got him to this point of like uh, just trying to dismiss every case so he can move on to the next thing which probably would just be him sitting down but I think Hank is a sinister guy he mishandles evidence he orders people online. I think he's <laughs> kind of gross. And he's a definite cautionary tale for Peter, which is why I think Peter's turning out a lot different than him. Yeah. And I love Peter's family unit way more. And I am upset at him for picking up that phone because I know a lot of people out there are mad about that. <laughs> How um, dare he? Hank, I think, uh, found a case um, or something. I don't know. I think after their mother's passing, he just lost his will to like put any effort into his job or maybe so you think he's just a man in mourning who's doing a shitty job. Yeah. Or he, maybe he saw how much he was a workaholic and now his son's following in his footsteps and he realized that it's too late to undo that damage of not being there for him. I like, there's, there's a lot to, ha- but I just don't want to immediately assume that he's just the, the 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 person in charge that just doesn't care. I feel like I'm gonna take the opposite approach because I think <laughs> he doesn't care, and he was the person in charge, but his neglect got him demoted. Because I get the feeling that Liz Danvers is above him. Mm. I mean, she is the chief. Yeah, and he. I think he used to be the chief because mm. they mentioned somewhere that like I think he threw Navarro off the case. Mm-hmm. So he had right. to have been the chief at that time, or at least the interim. Yeah, chief. she wasn't. She definitely wasn't the chief at that point. Yeah, because they were partners, Danvers and Navarro. I think she worked her way up while this guy like fell for some reason. He probably yeah. mishandled evidence, and they demoted him. <laughs> so yeah, something happened. I think, mm-hmm. or maybe he's just corrupt. You know what I mean? Like he just like he owes a lot of people a lot of favors. I think and... he's definitely corrupt. I mean, mishandling evidence is a big deal. 
I know yeah. we don't really care. It's just a box of papers, but like that's a bunch of cases that can get thrown out if you just lose that shit. And you know, you have giant miscarriages of justice. Which is a term that sounds weird. But I hear it a lot <laughs> in cop shows. <laughs> this is a miscarriage of justice. Like, could you find a different analogy? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe he's just. I, you know, if we're going to the direction of corruption, maybe he knows what really happened to Anne. Maybe. I, I think somebody yeah. knows what happened to Anne, and somebody knows where her tongue has been for six years. And I don't think it was those scientists. Mm. And we're getting closer to the big mysteries here. But before we do that, too, I want to talk about at least two other characters who are important and are going to be in the mix here. We have yeah. Navarro, yeah, the badass. Oh, yeah. She is the main character. Yes. I know Liz Danvers is kind of also the main character, but Navarro is the main character. She's coming in. She's busting down doors. She's the tough, rootin', rootinist, baddest gun in the West. Except she's mm-hmm. up north. <laughs> and um, still west, I guess. She's just I north. Think she's, I think she's northeast. Because <laughs> I um, think they're on like... Oh, wait. Alaska's on the... Yeah, you're right. Alaska's in the west. It's so far up north that it's neither. All right? It's just north. <laughs> Actually, well, we'll talk about that later. What's colder, the South Pole or the North Pole? Tell me right That's now. That's I'm going to five bucks North Pole. North Pole? Okay. I'll take that bet because I don't know. Um, South Pole. <laughs> you owe me five bucks. That was the easiest money I've ever made. You saw I it right guess, here, folks. Yep. Look at that Jedi mind trick you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Navarro, also, um, I don't want to say local. What's the term I'm looking for? Native? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she is a native of Alaska. She has roots there, uh, which there's a lot of rifts in that. You, we, we hear a lot of uh, racial tensions and slurs being thrown out left and right sometimes. You know, the white man or the natives. Mm-hmm. It's interesting dynamic in this t- small town. Oh, we also see co-mingling, you know, like yeah. you know, peace and all that. Peter and his family unit seem at a, at a good middle ground where like everybody's happy. There's no tension there, except mm-hmm. for Peter messing up. Actually, <laughs> that whole scene is weird because Peter's girlfriend, whose name I haven't learned yet, she tries to hook up with him girlfriend or wife i don't know who she is but she tries to hook up with him while there i think son is there darwin (laughs) whose name i remembered because it's like charles darwin darwin was like in the room right next door with the door open that lady was going crazy on yeah i feel like there's something that happens when that two-week period of darkness starts (laughs) everybody just gets a little too frisky and they need to calm down yeah um, but I was still mad at him for ending it. I was like, well, if you went that far, go all the way, Peter. And he answers the phone. I hate how addicted this guy is to work. Yep. That's going to be his character flow. Yeah. 
I, it could be that he saw his father lose his position as chief, probably become like a uh, a lazy cop or a I don't give a shit type of cop, and he's like, no, I'm not gonna be that person. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the chief. I'm gonna be a damn good chief. You know. I'm getting the vibe from Peter that his role model is more Liz Danvers than his father ever was. I'm starting to feel like he just doesn't care about his dad that much. Like his dad's <laughs> just kind of a burden. Yeah, and that's why I think there's something to Hank. I think there's more to Hank than what's being presented to us. And maybe mm-hmm. he was the best damn cop ever. And then there, um, his wife, Peter's mom, passed away when she was young. So Peter never got to see Hank as that badass cop. Mm-hmm. Just some man in mourning who just didn't give a shit. Just showed up. Damn. Yeah. I don't know how we started talking about Peter. I was trying to talk about Navarro. (laughs) I was so mad by the phone thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Navarro Navarro has a big family unit, too. She has a sister who has mental issues who she's Mm -hmm. taking care of. She is known to be the cop who's like out there to defend women. I think yeah. is is her role in the town to yep. stop abuse, specifically toward women, is her like leaning. Yeah, and she doesn't fuck around. Doesn't matter. And she was on he a case. Yeah. Danny K. <laughs> yeah, she was partners with Liz Danvers, mm-hmm. and she was the first one on the scene for Annie K, which is like it's easy to. It's not easy. They're obviously bringing up this um, this case in length and detail for a reason. They found a tongue in the in the the research facility where everybody went missing, and Navarro suspects that's Annie's tongue because her tongue, after she was murdered, went missing. She they found thirty eight stabs in her body, and to the, and even Navarro was like you can tell after the stab wounds they still kicked her so she was dying and she st- there was boot marks on her body whoever killed Annie K is a real piece of shit apparently Annie K was an activist against like what was it the mine yeah the mine which was like the staple the of the town of yeah of Alaska yeah so, so you need it but she had ethical issues with the environment, which also makes sense. And somebody shut her up. Yeah. Do we think she was shut up for that reason? Or was she killed for a different reason? Uh, We don't know why. I was thinking that. Like, oh, like everybody just got tired of her protesting. I think there's a specific reason she was trying to stop that mining. They're digging up something. Maybe they're digging up in ancient grounds. They were going to unwake Cthulhu. Yeah, because that's that's what's been whispered in in the entire episode. She's awake. She's awake. Maybe she knew something about it, and she was trying to stop everybody. She was this big activist. Um, because it's easy to be like, this is unethical, but maybe they decided to do this on sacred ground, and she was trying to stop it. And there actually are awaking awakening something that they shouldn't awaken by just going down there and digging and mining. Why did we build this mine over an Indian burial ground? 
<laughs> it's a poltergeist reference. Very dated. <laughs> Very dumb premise, and I'm tired of seeing it. That's why I'm making fun of I think it's very silly they keep doing that. And the reason I think this is because when Navarro was talking about the case, because she hasn't let this go, it's to the point where, where Annie's brother, Anne's brother, is like, I, I'm i tired of reliving this. It's been six years. I need to move on. Um, I have a son, or I have a, there's a kid with me that I need to take care of. Um, but is that her brother? Yeah. Ryan is her brother. Um, But she Navarro can't let this go and it was to the point where she uh, according to Danvers she questioned people she shouldn't be questioning and that led to her getting uh, moved down to state a state trooper status mm. and she that's important the case and Hank yeah. was the one that Took her down. I believe so. Yeah, I think that was said. And then at some point between then and present, Hank got demoted and Liz got promoted to she still he still had all of the case files from who knows how long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where Hank, Peter went in. Hank must still have some kind of power because she could just be like all right, boys, go get the cases from his house. He's not cooperating. If she was hmm. cheap. I'm sure there's something there. He's probably friends with, like, people that have the power. The other person I want to talk about, before I talk about the big mysterious things I have questions for, mm-hmm. last person, really, is Rose. Oh. So the whole science lab went missing. And they were discovered by Rose, who was played by the same actress who played on Petunia in the Harry Potter series. That's right. She's back. So Rose was led out into the frozen tundra by a vision, clearly not actually there, a vision of some guy named Travis, which may may have been her husband or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly not real because he's walking around barefoot in the snow, not wearing the right kind of clothes, doing these little dances and like these spiritual ritualistic movements. Mind you, I think uh, that's all in Rose. Rose was gutting a wolf in front of her place when she saw Travis. Mm -hmm. And she was gutting it and it was was kind of gross. And (laughs) the wolf had like a, a nerve thingy happen where he like kind of barked. Because she was cutting him up. It was it was horrible. <laughs> so yeah. But that's what you do in Alaska. So you have <laughs> to survive. And uh what was it? Yeah. So, yeah. Rose Rose found the missing researchers because she followed Travis. We learned we we suspected Travis was dead, but Navarro had to, I felt like it was important that she said it. She's like, Travis is dead. She's like, I know. So I mean, Rose followed him for so long that it was crazy that he, if he was alive, he would be dead at the end of that journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's one of those things that's obvious that he was dead. But mm-hmm. I think it needs to be said because I feel like we're going more into a spiritual 
direction. I feel like this is going to be a very... I have two thoughts uh, on that. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have two routes to show can go. Mm-hmm. And since you're thinking spiritual, I'll bring up the spiritual stuff later. But I think the show can either go something supernatural is happening. Mm-hmm. Or, very likely, there's a logical explanation for everything. And you got fooled into thinking it was supernatural. I think you can go in those two directions. Yeah. And I have ideas for both. Hmm. So the big mysteries of this episode, and then I'm going to get into like both avenues of thought that I was having there. The tongue being mm-hmm. left to the left. Yeah. Chief Danvers, who's really good at her job, noticed that the tongue had certain lines on it that you get from like handling, I think, putting fishing wire or something in your mouth. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. Fishing, fishing line like... in your mouth yeah. over and over again. And it, it's something that native people do. So she thinks it was a native woman. Yeah. And Annie Kay was a native woman who was missing her tongue. And they happened to find a tongue at this location. The case for Annie Kay seems like it has no connection to this one with the missing research team. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're somehow connected. Her tongue is on the scene. They found the jacket. That Annie Kay was wearing. One of the researchers had that jacket. The same one they saw with like the patch and the rip in the same area. Mm-hmm. Crazy. What are your thoughts on that? How are these two cases connected? It could be something simple as I think that guy's name is like um, Raymond Clark or something. But he could easily be somebody who worked in the mines. You know? Um, and but, then- he, but we... We saw like their LinkedIn profiles pretty much for every <laughs> scientist there. And they're all like uber educated um, scientists. I, I don't think he'd be in the mines. Like I think he's one of the oh. science. Like he, he has too much education. I don't think he'd be in like the mines. Okay. Well, then it could be, you know, maybe he got it from a friend that lives up there who works in the mines. Or maybe one of the researchers doesn't. We don't know. He just has a jacket, but it doesn't mean it connects to him. It could be just that maybe he borrowed it from somebody else who did. You know, there's many different avenues we can go, but it's but a the, start. The pairing of evidence, the same jacket and the yeah. tongue. Yeah. That we're still going to assume is Anne case. We, I mean, they didn't test it, but how many yeah. tongues are around there, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to assume <laughs> it is. I don't have a good idea. I just think it's an interesting thought like i don't i think it wants you to believe that the scientists are somehow involved with annie k mm-hmm. in their research but i don't think it's that no i, what do you I think? don't think so. i think something something else or somebody else is involved with annie k that's linking these two that we haven't met that's linking the annie k case to the scientists and it's not one of the scientists that we've met I think it's just somebody else. Okay. The other mystery there, upon revisiting the facility with Navarro, one of the whiteboards said, we are all dead on it. And it wasn't there before. (laughs) So somebody came back to the lab and wrote that. Yep. Who did that? (laughs) Well, we see Rose pointed out and we have the the location of the missing researchers mm-hmm. does not mean 
We only saw a couple bodies. Doesn't mean all of them were there. You know? And there was somebody who was standing and kind of convulsing. And then he turns around and is like, she's awake. Could be him. Wasn't don't he know one why of the he... lab people? Yeah, he's one of the lab people. Mm-hmm. But it like, could have been him, yeah, who wrote it. He wrote it. He came back. Maybe he's still out there. We don't know how many people were found. Maybe the connection them. between the Annie K case and this one is the she from She's Awake. Like, whoever she is. Yeah. Is the connection. Now, it could be that her... Like, because we don't know how she died. We don't know if she was cremated or she was buried. Could be that if we I mean, were going to... never sp- had the tongue. Right. And we don't know who had the tongue. It could be a calling card from her. Like, she comes back from, like, some supernatural thing. It brought her back. She's she's just on a war path because she's just fueled by hate. And she left her tongue there so everybody knows that she's coming. What a power move. Yeah. That's crazy. If we're going supernatural route. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of supernatural things here. We saw all the deer at the beginning kill themselves. Yeah. They right? jumped off the cliff. We saw the materialization of Travis. We saw like something. Now that could yeah. be in her head or that could be a ghost. Whatever you want to go. Whatever avenue of thought you want to go down. Mm-hmm. We saw the mysterious deaths of these scientists. Mm-hmm. Something's mystical about this damn polar bear. If you want to go in the mystic route. Yeah. So if we're going to go supernatural, there was one thing that I was researching all day yesterday <laughs> um, that is probably has nothing to do with this show. But have you ever heard of um, the not deer? No. No? Yeah. It's no, an Appalachian legend, right? And apparently the not deer, it, it like hangs out with all the other animals in the forest all the other deer right Mm -hmm. and the native appalachian people who aren't related to the show i just i just thought this was somehow connected um they call it the not deer because it's it's not a deer It, it it looks like a deer at first glance but if you look at it enough you notice that it's like weird it's too skinny it's too long it has like a mouth like a wolf mouth and it seems like some kind of change. Like it just, it can change its shape. It doesn't belong. If you look Mm -hmm. at it long enough. Um, Some people say that this legend stems from a disease called chronic waste disease. It's Mm -hmm. like a a prion, like brain infection that deer get where the misfolded proteins in their brain create these holes inside of their brain. And it causes them to like, you know, overly salivate and lose a bunch of weight and do odd behavior like stand up on two feet more often than they normally do and do a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was interesting. Like what if it's one of these supernatural, you know, North American legends, like the not deer. Mm -hmm. That's a supernatural route. I want to think it's that. Yeah. Uh, It's funny that you bring up like disease. (laughs) Hmm? Uh, I was thinking because Cause I know you challenged me with like, all right, what's the n- non supernatural explanation? I have that too. Oh. What's yours? Uh, the scientists are trying to find the origin of life. At least that's what they're saying. So that means they're doing a lot of digging, 
at old um uh, uh, digging into glaciers uh things are melting ice is melting revealing mm-hmm. things that have been preserved through freezing um mm-hmm. it could and you got the same thing with the mining things are being um discovered not discovered but just like things that have been inside these ice prisons for millennia and now they're uh they're being discovered or, or maybe they're being moved so it could easily be something like a disease or a virus that has been um frozen for many many years that's now come to light that's a good and different explanation than what i thought of that's a good one it could even be linked to the chronic wasting disease that I just brought up. That wasn't even related to my point. I was just giving like <laughs> a reason for the the, the deer legend. Mm-hmm. But that could work. If everybody's like suffering from this prion infection, that can explain mm-hmm. the weird behavior of the animals, of the people, because maybe yeah. the people got the same thing. Um, that, would, that would fit pretty well. We wouldn't account for who took the tongue and all that, but that that, that yeah. would be a start. That's the only block I have. (laughs) My idea for the weird, some of the weird behavior that was happening there was like um, this idea with, you know how there's a North and South Pole that we just talked about and we just definitively chose the South Pole and like learned that it's the coldest place and I got $5. Yeah. Apparently there's something that happens on Earth where the poles like gradually shift so that you know north is the south pole and whatever i don't know the effects of it but the magnetic poles kind of just shift the opposite way and it's a gradual process that takes a forever like forever to happen and if it does happen and if it happened all at once which it wouldn't in real life but if it did happen all at once all the migratory animals would be thrown off so Mm -hmm. i was trying to think of like why would the reindeer kill themselves Hmm. that's an explanation like something with the magnetic field is off and if that it doesn't have to be that specific event but that's one that's like people talk about recently Mm -hmm. so that could have been in the writer's mind is like if the magnetic fields are off the reindeer are off they go and Hmm. die they mentioned that the crab that they were hunting like there was very few crabs for them to get those are migratory animals that could be an explanation there um and also with the shifts and all that and like the confusion, maybe some kind of animal, not even like a regular animal, not just the polar bear, maybe some kind of creature Mm. like monster, but nothing supernatural, just some kind of prehistoric monster was woken up by it. Mm. That's cool. I was thinking that too. Like they woke something up, not just a virus. Mm -hmm. Like what if they just, fucked around and found out <laughs> they're about they're about to find out um and i think that's what and and k was protesting like don't dig here you're messing up the ecosystem and i think maybe they did fuck with the ecosystem but we have to have fun with the supernatural part of this <laughs> i think the researchers are uh so um if we're looking at the tongue, before I go into my supernatural stuff, we're looking at the tongue. It could be 
that uh, where the researchers are is where uh somebody had uh before this the the station was set up or whatever maybe somebody threw the tongue there cuz i i i don't know when the research station was like under the was, kitchen table no like maybe they threw it and like i and it froze and some when they were digging they found the tongue and the guy was holding it and then he dropped Andrew it in Jack. the chaos uh, hmm. maybe her tongue was in her jacket when he found it yeah, maybe they found the jacket and her tongue was in it, you know? And, and I don't know where to connect that, but it could be something as simple as that. But Supernatural, I think they're messing with uh, the uh, <laughs> native grounds that they shouldn't be messing with. And Ooh, I think I the natives... <laughs> And I think the the natives are the, the the spirits, the supernatural, is going to use Anke as a vessel to start reenacting some kind of vengeance. Maybe the not deer assumes her form mm-hmm. and infects everybody. Maybe that too. If you delve into that cryptid, it's so weird. All the stories about it, where it's like. All the if all the people who see it and the native people they're like if you see it, you just go about your business like <laughs> don't react don't look at it pretend you didn't even notice you just keep going. I'm, I follow that philosophy in my life. Mind your damn business. <laughs> yeah. Only stupid people look at it and be like, hey, let's go check it out. Like then you then you're gonna deal with it. <laughs> if you pretend you don't notice it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Which is how I approach all supernatural things. Part of my my gut is telling me that there's going to be a logical explanation for everything. So your mm-hmm. virus thing is making a lot of sense to me. I feel like the guy finding the tongue and the jacket, he could have mm-hmm. also picked up some kind of disease. Maybe mm-hmm. the same prion disease I've been talking about that has messed with him and probably infected the whole team. Yeah. And drove them out there. And then... That's like one storyline, and the other storyline is like where he found the jacket. That's where the her killer had thrown it, and something with her killer is connected through just like the location they were hunting it. Yeah, because they were digging up to find old cells in the ice. Somebody probably threw her body, or not through her body, but like some of the evidence in the ice. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't think they found the murder weapon either. Yeah, I don't think so. You probably took her Somebody jacket. Somebody wrote, we are all dead on on that whiteboard. We had to figure it out. And that yeah. damn polar bear lost his eye somehow. I <laughs> want to say it was in a car accident. But I don't know. Yeah. And then, we, you know, the, the lesser mystery is what, what happened. Uh, what spooked Danvers with the car accident? We well, saw I think, pieces. I think her family died in the drunk driving. I just think it was somehow related to that bear. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably shot the, the, the bear. In the eye. Yeah. Or slapped, slashed it. I don't know. Nah, that'd be wild. I think <laughs> she shot it. Polar bears are actually pretty vicious. Yeah. Don't go and hug one if you see one. Mm. They won't give you a Coke. I want to go with the supernatural. I think uh, go for it. Yeah, I think I'll, that's a good stance for us. You you go with supernatural. I'll go with 
there's a logical explanation. <laughs> Out there one, but still makes sense in the real world. <laughs> I hope you're right, because I'd love to see some supernatural, supernatural North American lore. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be... Sure. Um, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a fun season. It's six episodes. I like that it's not going to be too long. There's not going to be much filler. We're just going to be straight into the action the whole ride. And I love the fact that we're it's not being released all at once, so we could do this taking our time and we don't have to get spoiled by anything. And I have time to think about the episode. Because I was way in my head all day, like after I watched this episode, just like, what about this? And what about that? And I heard about this. And the not deer that I heard about separately somehow connects, even though it probably doesn't because it's from a different part of America. But But I am excited. This should be a fun ride. I I, I really don't think they would have given us to her. Isa Lopez, without if they didn't have faith in her, and I think she's that that first episode strong. It, I'm in. Yeah, and it's world building too. You know, like a lot of people don't like the world building episodes. Like it's like oh, it's an hour and they just keep dragging everything. It's like no, you gotta build. Like there's a there's a lot of stories gonna be taking a place, and you gotta build the setting. And sometimes that takes a while because you gotta get introduced to every character because somebody in there might be a prop yeah she did a good job at painting the setting i like all the characters i'm interested i'm hooked um i'm just i'm scared that the the solution to these mysteries is going to be a little too complicated because that was kind of like my feeling for some of the other seasons Mm -hmm. that maybe they went a little too crazy with it and like to the point where some people are like, oh, the first season, you can't really understand it unless you read this obscure book about the Yellow King that's separate from the series entirely. It's like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do all that. All right. Unravel the mystery, but make it in a way where I can see the pieces come together on screen. Don't give me homework. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I think Hank knows who killed her, or at least has his, his suspicions, and uh, he's so trying glad. to push... Hmm? I, 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 and he's trying to sweep that under the, he swept that under the rug. I'm so glad we differ in opinion. I think Hank's a big bumbling idiot and <laughs> I think he's corrupt, but he's too inept to do it like accurately. So he has his big stupid file cases in his house and he's to like, me, Oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> like, to me, he, uh, he lost his wife, went into mourning and put himself in a lot of people's pockets because he didn't give a shit about his job. Hmm. I think he lost his wife. I think very similar things. I just think he's silly. He's a okay. piece of shit. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. I don't like Hank. I like Peter. Yeah. That jawline on that kid. Crazy. Crazy. Cool. Yeah, I'm also else? interested to see Rose. I just I feel like she's something big is going to happen with Rose. I mean, she's definitely the the spiritual person that everybody's going to... Yeah. So, if if they're going to go a supernatural route, she's going to be there. Or if they're not going to do, like, the everything has an explanation, then she's the red herring. 
You know what I mean? I think or, if we go down the explanation route, like the scientific explanation route, she just, you know, was hallucinating. That that's one thing I was reading in one of the reviews is that this seems like a a science versus like a spiritual um kind of series because we have the researchers and then we have the uh we have Rose and See, the, the, but I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's not going to be a versus. I think we're going to see like a, a converging of the two. Of I think we're going to see like so much. Oh my God, look at this scary thing. Oh my God, look at the supernatural thing leading up to the last episode. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to slap you in the face with like, oh, but this is why that happened. And this is why that happened. And they'll explain every piece along the way. We're all infected. Yeah. But and who knows? Didn't... That's the best part. We don't know anything that's going to happen. Exactly. Only Travis anything knows. <laughs> anything else? No, not really. I'm interested to see more in Navarro. <laughs> yeah. Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumby? She's awake. She's awake indeed. And with that, we conclude another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that we did a good job because we want to do a damn good job. As good as job as Navarro and Diverse. Good night, everybody. <laughs>